Hey everyone, let's ramble a little bit. If I say the name Abraham Lincoln, what immediately pops into your head? I imagine things like the Civil War, the president who ended slavery, or his assassination pop into your mind. You see, names are more than just sounds. A name kind of becomes synonymous for who you are and what you have done. For example, perhaps some of you in the audience have had this experience. You were about to have a child and you and your spouse were talking about what you wanted to name your child. And then one of you suggested, oh, why don't we name him Tim? And the other one said, no, we can't name him Tim. You see, Timmy Johnson was mean to me back in fourth grade. You see, you don't like that name because it's associated with that person and what they have done. Conversely, maybe one of you suggested naming your child after a grandparent or another loved one because that name was associated with that person and what they had done. You see, names become a summary for who a person is and what they have done. They're kind of like a signpost in our mind that points to that person. Well, the same is true for God's name. When we say God or Lord or Jesus, when we use God's name, we're referring to all he has done for us and what he stands for. When we say God, we're not just referring to the sounds that the letters G-O-D make. No, we're referring to God himself, who he is and what he has done. And that's why this commandment is such an important commandment. Today we're talking about the second commandment, you shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God. Let's get into it. Well, hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Theological Ramblings. I'm your host, Pastor Phil Janish, and with me as always is Pastor Tom Fricky the Swift. Say hi, Tom. Thank you for having me on, Phil. And obviously, Pastor Ross Henze the Magnanimous. I don't even know what that means, but <laughs> thank you very much. So today in the Catechism, we have come to the Second Commandment, which states, You shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God. So in order to introduce this, I thought we would start with a very pertinent piece of Bible history. And that is the account of Moses and the burning bush. So here's a very quick summary of that account. Moses is tending sheep out in the wilderness, and he sees a bush on fire, but the bush isn't getting burned up. So he goes over to the bush, and it turns out God is within the bush. And essentially, God tells Moses to go deliver the people of Israel out of slavery in Egypt. And at one point in the conversation, Moses asks God, well, what if the Israelites ask, who sent me? 
What if they want to know your name? What shall I tell them? And God says, I am who I am. Tell them I am has sent you. So if you ever hear the word Yahweh or Jehovah, that's our best guess and kind of our anglicized pronunciation of the Hebrew word for I am, the first person form of the verb to be, I am. Yahweh or Jehovah means I am. So when asked what his name was, God replied by saying, I am. Tom, could you explain to the audience some of the implications of those two little words that God chose as his name? Sure, it might be a little bit confusing because we don't typically use as our name a verb form, really. So I am basically means that, that God is, he exists, he's totally independent apart from us. He's the one who is being itself, you could say. That sounds a little bit philosophical, but what that basically means is that God existed without beginning, without end. He's the one who gave us being. We are not the ones who create God. He is the one who has made us. So our existence uh, ties into him, but he's totally independent of us. He exists apart from us he is and so in that sense God is basically saying I am totally unique I'm totally different from you as a human being I am without beginning and without end yeah thank you Tom and kind of going off that too an implication from that would be he's the one true God the one true God that actually exists like you said he claims being for himself as opposed to all the others I mean some really profound truths just from those two little words. Thank you. So now God also has many other titles and descriptions in the Bible, all of which are included when we talk about God's name. Because when we talk about God's name, we're really talking about who he is and what he has done for us. His name kind of serves as a, as a summary or a stand-in for all that. So, Ross and Tom, could you each think of a few more titles or names or descriptions of God in the Bible and uh, just let the audience know what that tells us about God? Ross, why don't you take it away first? Well, there are a number of references to God that he uses or names that he uses for himself. You can think of Lord and Savior, uh, Messiah, which means the anointed one in Hebrew, and Christ, which means the anointed one in Greek. There's son of man. There is son of God. Redeemer means the one who buys back. And then I, I guess I just wanted to point out one little aspect of, you know, when in the Hebrew language, when the, the, the Hebrews would read it and they would come across the name uh, Jehovah, they wouldn't even pronounce it. It was so holy, so so perfect that they would not pronounce Jehovah, they would pronounce it Adonai, which means the good and gracious God. But there's also another name for Lord in, in the Hebrew language, which is Elohim, which emphasizes that our God is almighty. So when you see Elohim, oh, you're talking about this powerful and almighty God. And when you see Adonai, it is more of a reference to our good and gracious God. Yeah, thank you, Ross. Tom, uh, what would you like to add? Names or descriptions of God? Yeah, names of God. That uh, The one that really just strikes me is the name uh, Emmanuel, God with us, Emmanuel, God with us in the Hebrew. And what that 
means for me is that we, we have a God who chose to be with us. He was with his people throughout the Old Testament scriptures, but he came to us in a special way when Jesus was born, became a human being, and lived here among us. And now that he has ascended on high, uh, it is also still true that God is with us. He's with me every day. He's with all of us, and he continued uh, to to guide and direct everything that happens. Um, another name for God, the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last letters of the Greek alphabet. Uh, God speaks of himself in those terms in the book of Revelation. Uh, he's referred to as the Alpha and Omega. Jesus is, uh, both in the first and in the last chapters of Revelation, he is without beginning, without end. He is the first and the last. He is God eternal. So those are a couple of names that really stick out in my mind. Yeah. Thank you, guys. You can you can see that God's name really encompasses a lot because both of you, just with those very short titles and descriptions, mentioned a lot of things about God. God's name is kind of an amazing thing. So that's a little bit about God revealing his name to us. Now, Ross, why has God revealed his name to us? Well, he's revealed his name to us so we know who he is and what he's done for us so that we might be saved. Period. Simple. Period. <laughs> that's that's very, very good, short and to the point. So then to follow up on that, if that's why God has revealed his name to us, what are some very appropriate uses of God's name? Uh, we'll let Tom respond to that one first. We use God's name when we gather for worship, obviously, in our prayers, in our hymns, and in our responses. Uh, we also use God's name appropriately as we lead our family in devotions. We talk about Jesus. You can use God's name as you speak to your kids. You know, we love you. Jesus loves you, too. And as we at home uh, have our prayers, so give thanks unto the Lord. For he is good, we pray. Um, but I think even more so, we can just let God's name be a part of our natural everyday conversation. God is good, we sometimes will just say, as we talk about the blessings in life. And it's just good to let that be a part of our everyday speech. We're teaching our children, we're encouraging one another as we do that. Yeah, yeah Ross did, I mean, excuse me, uh, God did, <laughs> I quitted Ross with God, oh boy. Elevated in there. Chin yeah. <laughs> um, God did give us his name so that we could use it. Yeah. Ross, anything you'd like to add? I would, I, again, I, I look more of it as when you, when you look at the name of God and, and you just think of that attribute that is attributed to him, the fact that he is our Savior, that he is the Christ, he is the one, the one set apart to bring about our salvation. Uh, the Messiah, the long-promised one who brings about our salvation. And so that's, you know, you think about each one of those names and, and it really keeps bringing you back to the very same point that it's absolutely amazing what he did to come and save us. And all of his names help to impress upon that fact on us. Yeah, so we can kind of meditate and stand in awe of God's name. Yeah. All right, so on the flip side, there are also some very inappropriate uses of God's name. In his explanation to the second commandment, Luther says we should not use his name to curse, swear, lie, deceive, or use witchcraft. Now, I'm thinking we might do a special little episode on what witchcraft is, but let's talk about the others for now, and let's start with cursing. 
Now, usually when we heard the word, when we hear the word curse, we think of people saying things like the F word or the SH word, you know, foul language like that. And we shouldn't, we certainly wouldn't encourage that kind of language, but I do think Luther and the Bible mean something different when they talk about cursing. Tom, could you unpack that a little bit? Sure. Cursing, narrowly defined, is really using God's name to wish evil on someone or to wish evil on something. But using God's name in that kind of way, we sometimes use words like cursing and swearing in a more general kind of way to cover all kinds of bad language, but perhaps as we take a look at what the scriptures have to say, it would be good for us to think about uh, the, the narrow definition here. Cursing is using God's name to, to wish evil on someone. A good example of that would be in the Old Testament. Uh, Balaam uh, was hired by King Balak, the prophet Balaam, to, to uh, pronounce a curse on God's people. Uh, James in the New Testament says, out of the same mouth come praise and cursing. Brothers, this should not be, so I sometimes will use the illustration as we talk about this, that, yeah, we, we go to church on, on Sunday morning, we praise the Lord as we worship him, and then we come home and perhaps uh, say some things in front of the football game, in front of the television, that we ought not to be saying. And that is an inappropriate way to use the name of the Lord our God. Yeah, yeah if God is a good and gracious God, it's inappropriate to use his name to wish evil on somebody. Yeah. Uh, Ross, could you explain to the audience what we mean when we talk about using God's name to swear, lie, or deceive? Because I think they, they're all kind of connected a little bit. Well, when I think of swearing, swearing mm -hmm. is, is sometimes we get that confused with cursing, but swearing is actually taking an oath where you could be in a, in a court of law and I, I swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. So you're calling upon God's name to acknowledge that you were going to tell the truth. And sometimes I think we misuse that when I swear to God, Mom, I didn't eat the cookies. Did I really need to call upon God's name as my witness that I didn't eat the cookie? And then secondly, when I did. So here I am calling upon God's name frivolously to talk about him and being my witness about a cook and then be a witness to what I actually lied about. And uh, so I think that when we, we use his name in an inappropriate way and then actually use it to tell or to say a lie, I think that that's kind of what we're talking about here. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Ross. Um, now, one thing that the explanation doesn't mention that we should probably talk about, and Ross, you touched on it a little bit, is what we call using God's name frivolously. Tom, could you comment a little more on that? What might we mean when we talk about using God's name frivolously? Sure. I think sometimes it, it just comes out in, in speech as uh, uh, we may say, use God's name, Lord or, or God, in a way that uh, just doesn't honor him. It's not the use for which it was intended. So it's, it's letting God's name come out as part of an expression of of surprise or disgust, oh my God, or oh Lord, and in ways that aren't intended to give praise to him, it's just kind of a, an expression that comes out of our mouths at those times. And this really isn't the 
intent or the purpose for which God gave us his name. Yes, uh, Ross, it's something you want to add? Yeah, I, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but uh, I, I just thought this might be an appropriate time to tell a quick story. Sorry, I didn't give you guys a heads up on that, but uh, just my memory was jogged. I had many, 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 many years ago, I had a young lady in a confirmation class come to me and say, Pastor, my father s screams Jesus Christ all the time. Jesus Christ. And he's usually mad at something. And, and, and Pastor Hensie, what, what, do I, what do I do? What do I say? And she was kind of shaking when she said that. And I said, well, just tell him, oh, uh, something to the effect of Pastor Hensie said to tell you, oh, I believe in him too. And the next day, she came back with a big grin on her face and said, Pastor Hensie, I did it. I, my father said, Jesus Christ. And I said, oh, Pastor Hensie said to tell you I believe in him too. And I said, what was the reaction? My father came right up to me. He looked at me, and he was shaking. And he turned around and walked away and didn't say a word. <laughs> I said, well, then I think you got your message across. Out of the mouths of babes. <laughs> yeah, that's that's awesome. And that was uh, that was her witnessing to the honor and, and truth of God's name. So <laughs> thank you for sharing that story. All right. So now that we have talked about the inappropriate uses of God's name, I want to focus on one of the good uses of God's name. God gave us his name so that we could tell others about him. So part of using God's name is proclaiming it and revealing it to people who don't know about him yet. We call this evangelism. Now, Tom and Ross, can you think of any way that we can use the concept of God's name to help us evangelize? Go ahead, Ross. I, would, I, I look at this. We have this natural knowledge of God, and we know that there is a God, but we don't know who he is, so we use the Bible to tell us who he is, and God tells us about himself. He's our creator. He's our redeemer. Our, he's our, uh, our savior. He's the sanctifier, the one who creates and strengthens faith. So I think every time you have one of these names or titles, it gives you an opportunity to explain who God is and, and what it is that he's done for us. Yeah, thank you. Tom? A big part of evangelism is also the way you live your life, and I think that people are watching us all the time. If we choose not to use God's name in a way that is offensive, people take note of that. They know that there is a measure of respect that we consistently demonstrate for God. And as we choose to use his name in a positive way, it has much more impact uh, for that reason. And so just being able to use God's name in a positive kind of way and not as an expression of disgust, I think that that makes a huge impact on people. Absolutely. One thing I'll add is because we've been talking about, you know, God's name really encompasses all he is and all he's done. There's millions of ways we can use God's name to evangelize. Um, for example, you know, you, you try and address some fear or need in, in the person. If somebody is afraid of death, you can talk about God being the author of life and how he, you know, that's a title of God. Or uh, if you have a bad family life, you can talk about Jesus being your brother and God being your good father. All sorts of things like that. So really... Uh, God's name is very helpful in evangelism.
Now, audience, as we close, I would encourage you to go out and use God's name. God gave us his name so we could use it. Use his name to praise him, to pray to him. And I would encourage you to find someone you can share God's name with. Because there is no other name under heaven given to us by which we are saved. Until then, uh, may the name of the God of Jacob protect you. That comes from Psalm 20, verse 1. Thanks, everyone. We'll see you next time.